Hi there, and welcome to Mugful Mimosas, the podcast where no one has time for proper stemware. So grab your favorite cup and fill it on up for this week's episode. And since it's June, why not make it something light and summery, you know, something bubbly or refreshing. And if you're like me, make it pink too. Regardless, you know I don't drink shame up in here, so your choice. Today, I'm talking with my friend Julia, a school leader and social worker, about how to recognize when someone around you might need some TLC when it comes to their mental health, while at the same time maintaining your boundaries, because ain't nobody got time to take on others' emotional trauma. Not for free. Not in this economy. You already know how I feel about that. So if you haven't already, make sure your cup is full before jumping in. Uh, Welcome! <laughs> Clinkly. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was good. That one was good. That one was good. Well, welcome to Mugful Mimosas. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, tell the people who you are to to kick us off. All right. Well, I'm Julia, and Liz and I have been pretty tight friends for ten-ish. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, yeah ten yeah, years. Shit, ten years. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, I met Liz when I was working as a clinical social worker. We worked mm. in the same school. Um, I'm now a school leader in a different area. My favorite and brand of people, social workers. Yes, you do love them. Although I feel a little fraudulent saying I'm a social worker because I don't, like that's not how I practice now. It's obviously yeah. part of my leadership practice, yeah, but I'm yeah, not yeah. like a practicing social worker um, in the traditional sense. So yeah, that's a little bit about what I do. <laughs> Who I am is um, a Goofy, corny, mm-hmm. um, like corny, corny. <laughs> <laughs> but in the best way, in the best way. Yes. According to my students, it might not be so good, but I don't care about them. They're 12. Yeah, forget them. Like, Seriously. Forget, they're so forget dumb. Them. Forget them. <laughs> well, I'm really glad that you're here because to me, you're still my mental health professional. Aww. So I wanted to, I guess, like talk to you a little bit about how to help your friends mm-hmm. take care of themselves when they're not in that headspace, when they can't see it, when, you know, like you tapping into your skills as a clinician in your personal life mm. and mm. like really like helping people in your life help themselves without it feeling too healthy. Yes. <laughs> I never want to feel too healthy. Hate that. Um, so I think that, you know, with my with my close friends, we all have a very open, like a very open relationship where we're able to say, this is what's happening. This is what I'm going through. And there are not many. I think you and our third amiga are sort of the, the only people that will. And, you know, one friend from from childhood who will really be like I'm having a rough time right now and like will sort of actively seek out some support in terms of doing it explicitly or saying like what do you think or how what do you can you talk to me as not as a therapist but just say like what's your opinion as a clinician with other friends it becomes part of a little bit of just the way you talk to people because being a clinician is and being like a helping like always sort of having a helping stance Mm -hmm. doing a lot of normalizing Mm -hmm. um you know like as a good friend you never want your friends to feel like whatever they're feeling is bad and this Mm -hmm. sounds so elementary i also worked in elementary schools Mm -hmm. for a long Mm -hmm. time but like Mm -hmm. your feelings are never bad and what you're feeling is never wrong it's what you do with it that that makes the difference it's so true though it's it's difficult 
when people really just want you to like they don't want advice they don't want to listen and so with that like not to be sneaky but it comes out in some of the questions that you ask um, and I find that a lot of what I think people would consider more clinical questions are come pretty naturally to me at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. And so that that often ends up being the way in of like, what do you think? You know, what do you think if you shifted your, if you thought about it from this perspective or have you considered X, Y, Z thing? Um, so you're not being explicitly or overtly suggestive but you're offering a little bit of a different perspective if that's what's needed or, and it's also part of what I'm curious about, right? Like that's sort of what keeps our friendships going is being curious about the other person's experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And I think that when we do that, it is ultimately sort of universally supportive to have curiosity with each other. Yeah, yeah. And also like normalizing that like we – don't have all the answers and it's okay to get it's okay to get professional help not just from your professional friend yes I I really agree with that sentiment like and and that's I think that's something that I think about a lot particularly why I wanted to talk to you about this because it's just like I just happen to have a lot of friends that are mental health professionals Mm -hmm. but I also have a therapist yeah. So like that person like gets the brunt of my problems and like, you know, that that's what that looks like. But I, I, I worry about that a lot too, like not burdening my friends who happen to be mental health Yeah, but that's their responsibility, my... right? That's like if you but were... If, yes, not it's not their responsibility to receive that. It's their responsibility to be like... That's too much for me right now, mm. right? Like boundaries and hydration. Mm. I think I, I think um, was it Gabrielle Union that said that on yeah. her Instagram. Okay, like if I see, that you know what I mean. Sense. Like that that's not that's that not sense. on you. You're venting to your friend. You're talking to your friend. You're not like believe me. None of what any conversation we've ever had in like crisis help mode or otherwise has ever been something to be like oh. She should, I should charge her for that. Like, yeah, that's not, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not on you to be like, yeah. And great that you have a therapist. Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> obsessed with her. Obsessed with her. And, it, and it's, it's really funny too, speaking of like really good therapists. I, I think a lot about like my first year as director of operations at the, the school that we met at. Mm-hmm. That year, my, like, uh, somebody that I supervised, um, had an appointment with their therapist and like that required them to like pretty much like leave at dismissal and like not have any duties, <laughs> like not have any meetings. And I, oh. you know, I have to, I was so annoyed and frustrated with it for, you know, a long time. And, you know, I respect this. I still respect this person a lot. I love her a lot. And I've come now in hindsight to see obviously 2020, but well, not just hindsight being 2020, but let's be real. The culture in which we were working in was so rigid yeah. and so inflexible. Yeah. So I want to give, I just, I feel like everybody from that life that we shared together, mm-hmm. myself included, can use some reminders. Yeah. Because there's part of, like, not to push back on your own understanding of yeah. yourself, but like there's part of you that now you understand and you're giving that some perspective and some 2020 hindsight. Yeah. But there's, in terms of like understanding therapy and how important and wonderful that can be. But there's also part of you that's giving the hindsight of, 
the pressure on you as a supervisor in that job was yeah. so insane that you couldn't <laughs> provide others the flexibility, the grace, yeah. whatever. And that's the, the crazy thing about it is that because she was someone who's like very conflict averse mm. and like very like it made her nervous and she like trusted me and respected me. And so it she didn't want to push back. You know, yeah. and this was the one thing where she stood her ground. She, Good like for her, it, like she was just like, "I will do whatever you need me to do. I will stay as late, however late you need me to stay. Any other day, I will come as early as you need me to. But I need to leave at this time on this day, and I don't have any flexibility on it." And I was so annoyed with her at it and, until it just worked. And what was she missing that day? Literally nothing. Right. It was actually the best thing ever because. It then instituted no meeting Mondays because honestly, like if it wasn't her leading it or me leading it or our like Dean of Students leading it, then it wasn't going to get led because it was that time of my life. Yeah. It was just like, if you're gone, who's going to lead the content? Like, so, okay, everybody go home. Like, can I tell you though, professionally living on the other end of that spectrum in a dis- in a public district, mm-hmm. not a charter district or not a charter mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. in a public world, um, where the union is particularly strong and mm-hmm. like you know I'm mm-hmm. born and bred in the union, all of that. I'm certainly not anti-union, but the unreasonableness of some of the parameters makes doing good work so difficult. Hard. Yeah, it really does. And f- like the the looks that I would be given were I to say like we need to have like this meeting needs to happen until 3 30 or 4 o'clock on Mondays and instead of being able to fit it into their two prep periods a day like it would it is I would never suggest it like the meetings that we have after school we pay people to go to Mm -hmm. to be clear the reason we pay people to go to those meetings and the reason the the lines and the boundaries there are so strong. We don't pay teachers enough. Like mm. we don't we don't pay them enough to be like, yes, that's sort of part of the gig. I get it, and that's fine. People are not putting a lot away in savings because they don't have a lot to put away in savings uh-huh. based on what they mm-hmm. we pay them. Think about me and my profile as a teacher, right? Like I live by myself. Wow. I have a dog. I am so I live by myself, meaning because I'm not having a roommate again. Thank God. But mm-hmm, 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 like, mm-hmm. if I was married. That somebody splitting right the electricity bill, the yep. cable bill, whatever. Yep. That cable bill also, oh my God, you could do a whole podcast on that. Why do I pay so much money for cable? It's so dumb. I, I can't figure I can't it out. It. But I need somebody to figure it out for me because I can't do it. I got rid of it. That is the problem when you get rid of cable. But you can have you can have those go-tos. Like the office is available on No man. I'm telling you, as somebody who had that thought, the problem is is that you cannot browse while something is on. Oh, so what you're telling me is that the advice I'm giving you as somebody who's not living your situation is completely irrelevant because I don't <laughs> actually know the experience. <laughs> but literally. You're welcome. Literally. <laughs> Although, shit, now that you said that, you might have just opened up a new idea in my head. What if I just put something on on the TV and then browse, browse on the computer phone? or your oh. phone? Oh, this is really, that's really smart, actually. Okay, okay. Genius. Aha. That was really good. That was really good. Um, But yeah, so bringing it back to the actual topic, (laughs) which is, (laughs) have you ever dealt with a friend who you like recognized something was happening, a crisis was a brewing, Mm -hmm. and 
you like try to kind of like head it off. Like, hey, hey, I'm here to help. Or I notice mm-hmm. this and they're just like, you're crazy. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You could see the train wreck. You could see the two trains colliding and they're like, nah, I'm good. And you're like, ah, and they're like, nah. Have you ever had that? I don't think I've ever had that. And certainly not with my close friends. Interesting. Um, I think that, yeah, I don't think I've ever had that. I think that I've had that, I've certainly had that professionally. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's, that, I, we could do a whole podcast on that. Sure could. Uh, I've, I mean, I've had it professionally. Like I've had staff who are at that point and I've needed to say like, this is what I think you need to do. Right. And it gets a little bit dicey. Just unclear exactly what the boundaries are because like mm. I'm their boss right yes That's but I also have the hard. background and the training and then I pull in like the actual social worker at the school and then she's sitting with this person for hours when they're having like a massive panic attack um like in that situation like the person in crisis or in imminent crisis was coming to me and saying this is what I need professionally or this is what I need to do or I need to leave or whatever it is and me sort of in that moment being like Oof, I don't know if this if it's appropriate for me to say to them based on what I can recognize that my principal might not be able to recognize because he doesn't have that same training. Yeah. Like he can he can certainly recognize that something yeah. is not right. It'd be like, where can I land yep. this recognition and, yep. and this reflection onto this person to say, I think you need to go see a therapist. I think you need to get some help. And if that doesn't work, I think you need to go to an emergency room. Mm. And I do have to say that since working in a middle school. God bless you. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. It is the one age group that I'm just like. You okay, but you know, I used to be like that. You know, I used to be like, I would, would never, I would never, I would never. And then I trained in one, and I was like, oh, there is a lot of joy you here. Would it's have super to fun. Pay me Elon Musk levels of <laughs> I have money. Have to pay you Republican dickhead money <laughs> and and provide tr- free transportation, girl, for the rest of my Woman. life. To Let me tell you. <laughs> That age group is so. Bleh. It is. It is oh, so funny. We work in a suburb um, that's about seventy percent white. It's pretty white. It's pretty white. There is every year some sort of racist graffiti, whether mm. it's anti-Semitic or racist. It's the N-word or it's a swastika. To the point that when somebody reports graffiti in the bathroom to my principal and me. And we go check it out, and it's just a drawing of a penis. We literally celebrate. We're like, yes, it's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) We are clapping for dicks. That might actually be the name of this episode. (laughs) We, yes, it's a dick. Yes, it's a dick. Clapping for dicks. Like that, if I identify when your friends need mental health support. Yes, it's a dick. Like that is like that is the essence of working in running a middle school is to celebrate when it's just graffiti of a penis. Celebrate the dick. So celebrate when it's just a dick. When it's just a dick. But working in a middle school where I've gotten much more comfortable with and like attuned to recognizing and advising families on when they need to take their kid to an emergency room because of a mental Mm. health crisis. And I would say that there are a few kids that we had in our shared experience 
that the level of escalation they were showing during the school day and their inability and our inability to de-escalate, they should have been taken to an emergency room. I think that my lack of experience, you know, I was there in the first part of my career as a clinician and the rigidity and the sort of like, we have to get these kids to comply. We, and that's Mm. always the goal rather than actually taking care of the Mm. kid and taking care of their well being. We missed a lot of opportunities to get kids some really significant mental health. Yeah, we did. Um, and I feel very confident. I had a conference with, or a conversation with a family just this week. And I was like, so at my limit, my tolerance for bullshit was so low. It made me a better social worker in that moment because I was not spending any time coddling. I wasn't spending any time politicking. I wasn't spending any time like with, you know, this is going to be really hard to hear and you might want to consider this. It was like direct. It was you are laying out very reasonable, basic boundaries for your child. And if his reaction is one where you where you are worried about his safety or yours, he needs a higher level of care. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten so much more adept at recognizing that and saying that and communicating that. And it's a scary thing, right, to take your kid to the emergency room. Um, Very. But that's, that is something that has happened at middle school. <laughs> I hate it. I want no parts. This has been a meandering all over the... We started talking about, like, how do you support your friends given you have a clinical background? No, but I, 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 oh I do. I want, I want to come back to that. I want to come back to that. How do you recognize and lift your friends up out of a situation when it's not a crisis? Oh, girl, you can't do that. You can't do that work for them. No, not 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 necessarily do that work for them. But like you have a friend, they're going through like normal shit, like yep. peaks and valleys. They're yep. they're going they're they're in a valley. And how do you wake them up out of it? Not not so- not do the work for them, but shake them up, be like hello like so a couple of things number one like normalize right like especially if it's pretty normal peaks and valleys even if it even if it's a low valley or a high peak you tell them that what is happening is okay because let me tell you if you point to one person that you and i know collectively that does not give themselves a hard time when they're having about having a hard time Mm. i'll pay a million dollars like so that's a big part of it, right, is to sort of normalize so that they're not giving themselves a hard time for having a shit day, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That is, that's a huge part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because we're so ingrained in be productive, don't be down, be positive, be productive, be productive, be productive. And then you're like, well, I'm really mad at myself because I'm having a hard time. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to, like, go grocery shopping or it's hard mm-hmm. for me to do whatever, um, the other thing that I think about a lot is something that my therapist shared with me when we were ending therapy the last time I tapped out, which was two years ago. Um, and just thinking about a lot of, and this is, there's more than just peaks and valleys, right? Like this is, this is anxiety. This is, you know, it's generalized anxiety disorder, but it's also like clinical diagnoses, right? Like PTSD generalized anxiety disorder and she we we talked a lot about imagery and sort of thinking about peaks and valleys and riding the wave Mm. and sort of thinking about when you're feeling very anxious about it feeling like it's a wave right and Mm. and knowing that like it's not 
you're not on that wave forever. Mm-hmm. And to really ride the wave and mm-hmm. sort of know that it's going to calm down or whatever, you know, like what, like that was, that was the imagery that we put with it. And then earlier this school year, one of my best friends at work, um, I was talking about something and it was like upsetting and we were just talking about, she was like, you just got to ride the wave. And she didn't know, like we weren't, we, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she didn't know that I'd already had that, that advice and it was very else. yeah it yeah, was yeah, very yeah. like it really stood out to me so I got her and I she and I got us bracelets that say ride the wave oh and that is oh I love that it's a really good reminder and I think that I that's that. and that's something that I try and like it you know I feel like I just bumbled it here but like I try to normalize that also because it's been so helpful to me of yeah. just like this doesn't last forever nothing lasts forever yeah nothing lasts forever yeah um and having that mindset has been really helpful of like you can ride this wave how do you recognize then turning it from outward to inward how do you recognize <laughs> it in yourself if i'm not sleeping that's a really good sign i have a hard time sleeping and that is often connected to like anxiety or feeling overwhelmed or overworked um, and I just say it to them, hmm. like, you know, my, my closest friend from growing up, we're in touch like a million times a day and we have that level where we can be like, this is what's happening. Like, this is where I'm at emotionally. And like, what do you think about these pants that I want to buy? Right. Like mm-hmm. it's sort of, it's everything all mm-hmm. at once. Um, and so I, I think that having those people that I'm, that are just very active friendships, that is helpful in terms of just expressing when it's happening um, and just recognizing in myself, like I know if I'm not exercising, if I'm not mm-hmm. sleeping and I know that when I do exercise, like just, just the chemical benefit of the endorphins is going to yeah. be helpful. Right. Um, and I think just telling people like, this is what's going on. And it's so hard. It's so hard to get to that yeah. place with people because yeah. it, all of the traps or trapping vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. And we like we say that we read that we all read Brene Brown like we all we yeah, know yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah 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 but it feels a little generic to be like it's hard being vulnerable yeah. and tell your friends how you feel yeah. but it is hard especially like thinking back to what we said earlier about giving ourselves a hard time when we're having a hard time like we are perfectionist hardworking high achieving people and so if you're having a hard time, that's a threat to all of those things that we pride ourselves on. Mm. And so we don't really want to engage with that. Mm. I certainly don't. And I think I'm in a place right now where I don't need to be in therapy. Mm. Picking and choosing when How you are you in therapy. Oh my God. Um, you know, it was a confluence of things. And there was like, it was a natural breaking point. It was the end of the school year. I was going into summer vacation. So therapy's my. so good about it. Yeah, she felt good about it. Um, And this was a therapist that I actually had seen like 20 years ago um, in New York. And then the pandemic meant we could see each other remotely. Nice. So that was, that like pushed things. We were able to jump forward in a process Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have been able to do with a new therapist. Right. And I think, I think everybody benefits from therapy. I don't have the time right now. And I also, I don't feel like I have the need. Um, And when I went in last time, it was... I was dealing with specific things and those things were addressed. Mm. Not to completion. Like I wouldn't say yeah, 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 we're yeah, done. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that those are... You're ready to move on. Yeah. 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 Wow. 
That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm so like the initially like the word that was going to come out of my mouth was jealous, but one, I'm not jealous because like I'll get there at some point. Yeah. And two, I'm also trying to eradicate and or change my relationship with jealousy. Hmm. And whenever I feel jealous or like I, I'm jealous, I want that. I then question that feeling. Like, why are you feeling jealous? Like, do you want that for you? Are you, do you feel like you're not working hard enough? Mm-hmm. Like, like instead of just like leaning into the like, oh, they're bad. I hate that. I want that for me. Like, why are you feeling this way? Is there an action that you need to take? Is like, is it a life you want to so intensive, dude. That is so, I'm like, I'm in awe of that. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I'm tired of feeling jealous. Yeah. I'm tired of feeling jealous. So how do you, how do you manage that? Like you are working on launching like a pretty solid online presence and platform and like an existence on social media that is like specific and curated and deliberate. I'm trying. Which to me, and this is an assumption, I'm like, wow, you probably have to spend a pretty large amount of time on social media and social media is like the generator of so many of those toxic feelings. Yeah. How do you navigate that? Like that just sounds um awful. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty awful. But yeah, I I I just released an episode about this where I talked to like my friend Dante. And Hi Dante. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked a little bit about it because it's something that I'm really like, I'm, I struggle so much with compare and despair mm-hmm. on social media, mm-hmm. particularly, I think something that I've struggled with a lot and talked to my therapist a lot about is the compare and despair in terms of my relationship, mm. particularly like getting engaged, you know, like I follow a lot of, you know, or like I have in my sphere a lot of like young professional people who like, this is the, the, this is what they're doing right now in their thirties. They're and like apparently in their twenties, uh, that seems, seems very early, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, 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 but like these extravagant, like proposals that people are doing, like I saw this one, there was this video I saw I think it was a TikTok that I saw about this girl thinking that her friend was taking her to the Bridgerton experience and it was not that it was a proposal like her boyfriend had like like rented this space and like had violinists like playing their song their John Legend song like as she pulled up and it was a surprise and everything was recorded and like there was a photographer and it was beautiful. How? What do you think the price tag was on all that? Honestly, I don't, I don't, don't even talk to me about it because I'm still sad and reeling over the price I actually paid for my wedding. Uh-huh. Because if, if ever you're thinking of planning an event in New York City, no. whatever the budget you were thinking for it was, double it. Yeah. At least, and that is what you will minimum spend. Not like that's going to yeah. be your cap so, minimum spend. But yeah. the thing about that was initially initially i was like the first couple of thoughts in my brain was oh my god like that's so beautiful i wish i had something like that and then Mm. immediately i was just like we said we were challenging this feeling Mm -hmm. 
when it came up. So what is it about this that makes you feel jealous? Like, what is it about this makes you covet? And then I was just like, oh, you know, it's about, like, for me, it's about the element of the surprise, the element of the, you know, like, get dressed up and mm. I put this effort into it. And then it's just like, and and it's crazy because now all of these thoughts happen so fast in my brain. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you you are coveting the amount of effort that was put into this event, not this specific event and who are you to say that your partner doesn't put this amount of effort Mm -hmm. into things Mm -hmm. because his level of execution is different than my level of execution but also you're comparing apples to oranges yes (laughs) but because you're comparing curated content to your reality right 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 and like that's that is a trope that we know like that's what we've, we've talked known about that. We've the highlight known... reel yes instagram is the highlight reel yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i think i mean i'm glad to hear you say that you're like able to automatically go into that challenge mode of like what am i actually coveting here what do i want what like what is the feeling of jealousy is it the it makes me feel like a creep it makes me feel sleazy. <laughs> no. The jealousy feeling makes you feel sleazy or like going into the examination jealousy. mode? No, the jealousy makes me feel sleazy. Oh, makes me feel good. like a creep. So that's why I'm just like, I don't want to feel like that anymore. No. I don't. And, and actually what it is, is the jealousy is hater energy. The, hell, the, mm. hate, the jealousy is hater energy. And and I... Okay. So I'm going to push back on that for just one second. It. Okay. Okay. So push, and, push, push me. Push me. Yes, jealousy is hater energy. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to be a Gen Z when I say that. <laughs> trying to be I'm not a trying Gen to be Z. a Gen Z. I'm not. I promise I'm not. Um, I think that there's the piece of it, for me, there's the piece of it that's like, yes, let me take the benefits of examining what the jealous feeling is, right? Like it's the companionship, it's the effort extended towards the subject, target, whatever. I think that there is a lot of benefit from having some healthy skepticism about like, okay, and this doesn't tell me anything about what their relationship is actually like. And when I really examine this gesture and like why I'm feeling jealous of it, I have no clue about what their relationship is like. Mm. I have no idea what it is because I'm seeing material things. I'm seeing gestures. I'm seeing production. I'm seeing frivolity. I'm seeing what looks like, like you have that love. You yeah. have that level yes. of love and devotion. And that's not the only thing to be jealous of in that situation, right? Like, I think there are there are a lot of details there that are like, you know what? I, I This is signaling to me like, oh, I wish my husband would do this or that or what, like whatever. But I think that when you're presented with it, particularly on that platform, mm-hmm. like there's not that like being a hater is good, but like you have to have some skepticism there because it's so produced. It's so perfect. Yeah. It's so like, you know, how many times did we get the lighting right? Or like, yeah. like it's just so, and keeping, keeping an eye towards the fact that that stuff is so produced. Yeah, it really is. And, and, um, contrived and cult and like, created curated and curated yeah, yeah 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 you have to keep that in mind because what you're jealous of doesn't actually exist in reality i know but it's so hard yeah it's it's hard it's hard 
because that's also what I'm going for at the same time, you know? No, it's not. No, it is not. I can tell you as a consumer of social media, what you put out there is very different than these like high production, highly contrived things. Like some of it, some of it is contrived and it's like on brand for you. But there's nothing that you produce and put out there that is not, I have the benefit that people who are following you don't have, which is that I know who you are in real life. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing you in real life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like what you're putting out there is yourself. Yeah. And they might not know that, but also what you're putting out there, like you're not, you're not shooting from here up. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you're showing your body. You're showing your weight loss journey. You're showing like the realness of that. Right. Um, And there are definitely going to be people out there who are jealous of you who are like, wow, she can put that out there. Or I wish I looked like that. Or that's my goal body. Which is crazy. And true. And crazy. And true. So crazy. But think about, Liz, you're literally living in your goal body. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Like think about that. Think about where you were. Five years ago. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. All right. Well, now that we're wrapping it up, um, final thoughts, I would say, get some friends who really love you and who are not afraid to suggest therapy. And get yourself some friends who might even be in therapy themselves. Amen. Like, there's all, there are all these like memes or whatever that's like, Amen. Know, oh, I want, I want to have a boyfriend. Like, make sure you get a boyfriend who's in therapy. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I want a boyfriend who went to therapy like a year Years ago, ago and is done. I do not want to sit on the side while he is experiencing I'm for the first time the benefit of therapy. Like, please get him like, through his trauma. No. no, no, that's for him to do and for me to find out later. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you did such a great job with your therapist. And now you're like a functional human. Great job. Um, well, um, do you want to tell the people uh, where to find you if you want to be found? No, because I don't want to be found. All right. <laughs> Well, then there is that. Uh, well, thank you again. Let's do an ending. Cheers. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cheers to that. Uh, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this week's Mugful of Mimosas with Liz. If you can, please leave me a five-star review on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. And follow me on Instagram or TikTok at LizLaughLoveNYC. See you next week and make sure you fill your cup. Bye.